Hello, I'm Laura Robertson, and I want to welcome you to the Women in the Workplace podcast. We hope that these recordings of our previous gatherings can be a source of encouragement and inspiration for you and help you grow in your leadership while bringing some insight into our community. Without further ado, let's welcome Karen Roy. Thank you, Laura. And thank you all for coming. I'm excited to be here. You all, to me, represent a generation of women that I believe God is raising up for a powerful purpose. I believe that you have the power to change your world. And um, I hope that I I can have just a little bit of a part of that. When Laura first asked me if I would speak for this, I, I have to be honest, I was a little intimidated. It's been a long time since I've worked at anything I've been paid for. How many of you work at something you're not paid for? <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, most of you probably have been in the work world, but what I realized, I told Laura I wasn't sure, but I said I, I agreed to pray about it. What I realized is that you work. Whether you're paid or not, you work. Whether your workplace is in an office or a building or in your car, on the road, outdoors, or in your home, you work. And the reason I know that is because you're women. And I don't think many of you have wives, right? We don't have wives, so we work. I admire all of you. I I admire you, and I'm humbled and grateful to be here. I believe that you carry a great deal of weight on your shoulders. The other thing I realized as I was praying about if I should do this is that you're an answer to my prayers because I've asked God to give me opportunities to share my passion, which is the Word of God. I I didn't always love it, but I've grown to love it, and I'm passionate about God's Word. And so I've been asking God to give me opportunities to share that passion. So thank you for coming. Thank you. And I pray that you'll leave with something of value today. Briefly, a little bit about my story. Grew up in upstate New York and gave my life to Jesus at a camp when I was 10. Uh, So I knew I was a child of God. John 1.12 says, as many as received him, and I had received him, he gave the power to become a child of God to those that believed in his name. And so I knew I belonged to him. I knew I was his child, and I knew that that included forgiveness, and it included eternal life. And I wanted God to be in charge of my eternal destination. I wanted him to make that decision, but for now, I wanted to be in charge. Because I thought, in my 10-year-old mind, I thought, you know, Being a Christian is probably boring and dull. For now, I want to have fun, and I want to be popular and all the stuff. And so that's what I pursued. Um, I went to church, and I went to youth group, but kind of had a foot in each door. I Actually, I will confess to you that I believed growing up uh, that if I was serious about what I believed, I would be sent to the mission field and I would be washing my clothes in a river and wearing my hair in a bun and living in a mud hut and coming back every four years on furlough to get clothes out of the mission barrel. And I'd seen the slides of the sunset and everything and I thought, not for me. But at 18, I got a Bible as a gift from, uh, for graduation and it was a more modern translation and I could understand it. So I started reading it because that's what we're supposed to do. The truth was, if I'd had my choice, I'd rather sit and read a magazine. 
I began to read it, and I started in the beginning, and I don't always recommend that, especially you can get bogged down in Leviticus. <laughs> but I had moved through Genesis, and I was in Exodus, and I found myself getting really frustrated with the Jewish people as Moses was leading them through on their journey to the promised land. And I was really getting upset with them. And I thought, you are so rebellious and you complain all the time about dumb things. Why don't you just trust God and follow Moses? And then it hit me that I was exactly like they were. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And um, the difference was I didn't know the end of my story, but I knew the end of theirs. So about that time, I saw... This verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will, not yours, and all you do, and he'll show you which path to take. And that verse really spoke to me. Like God wanted me to follow him and he knew the end of my story. I still have my life mapped out. You know, I want to go to college, have a big career, travel the world, maybe someday get married. And I thought that if I surrendered my will to God, that it would crush all my dreams. And what I found out is he has better dreams. Part of his plan included this guy um, <clears throat> that I eventually married. And um, we've been married a couple years now. But, <laughs> but God's word never stopped working in me. And one day I came across a verse that completely changed my life and flipped everything upside down for me. And I think I've got, it's Jeremiah 33, 3. So call to me. God says, and I'll answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you don't know. And that was like a hook. I was hooked. I wanted to know great and unsearchable things. And then I, a little while later, I saw this one. Doesn't God's word burn like a fire, says the Lord? I was starting to feel that fire burning in me because the more I read, the more I wanted to read. It was getting a hold of me. And then I saw these two. The first one, I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places so that you may know that I'm the Lord. And from now on, I'll tell you of new things, of hidden things unknown to you. Riches, secret things, hidden treasures, things you don't know, the ability to know God. I wanted all that. I'm like, bring it on. So what I began to do is I began to dig in. Have any of you ever been to an active archaeological dig? Have you ever seen one? A couple years ago, we went to Utah to see the canyons. And in between two of the canyons, we stopped at an archaeological site that um, was where a, a Puebla settlement had been. And there was this hole in the ground about the size of a bus. And there were archaeologists and students that were, they had marked off little squares of dirt, and they were combing through every grain of sand. Absolutely tedious work, but they were digging and digging. And I, I you know, my first impression was, how do they do that all day in the sun? <laughs> and they did have a roof over them, but it was hot. Uh, they were in the desert. But then we walked around, and they had reconstructed uh, an entire Puebla like village. They had a meeting house with all the furniture and all of the utensils and everything for their work and their gardens. And then they had homes where it showed you how they lived and slept and ate and what they ate and what utensils they used. And I don't know how long it took them to find all those treasures, but bit by bit by bit, 
With that digging, a picture emerged. And that's how I feel in reading the Bible. I feel like bit by bit, a picture emerges of who God is and what he says about me. And what I noticed is God began to change my viewpoint because I started seeing my world through his eyes. I began to see that he looks at people differently than I did. He looks at problems and circumstances different than I did. And he began to show me how to see things the way he sees them. And I'm not there yet. I've got a long way to go. But it really began, it triggered something in me. And it continues to, uh, to transform how I think and how I see. And shows me the gold in circumstances and, and in people. A couple of years ago, our daughter... was diagnosed with breast cancer, and we were able to walk through that journey with her as best as we could, but she's brought gold out of that. God has brought gold out of that, and it's been an honor to watch it. Okay, so time spent in God's Word is not about knowledge. It's not. It's about a person. It's about getting to know the author, because John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became human and lived among us. Jesus himself is the Word. The Word is Jesus, and it's his words, his breath, him talking to us, him communicating, and giving us glimpses into how he sees things and glimpses into how he sees us and glimpses into how he views our world and and tips on how to interact in our world. And it affects everything. It affects everything about us. It's all about Jesus. And the more time we spend with Jesus the Word, the more we fall in love with him. Brennan Manning, the author of Ragamuffin Gospel, has a quote that has stuck in my head. He's a former priest, by the way, a former Catholic priest and a former alcoholic, and God picked him up out of literally out of the ditch. He was face down in the mud and, and brought him into um, a relationship with Jesus. And he said, you know, Catholics love the church and Protestants love the Bible, but damn few love Jesus. So I hope that sticks with you too. The Word of God is not just a book. It's alive. It's It's... It's a living book, and um, it's powerful, and it's very, very personal. It has a way, when, when we open it up so often, of speaking directly into what we're dealing with that moment or that day. It's personal, and it's very empowering. It equips us. It inspires ideas. If you're working on a project at work, pray about it. Ask God to give you his perspective. If you are in a difficult relationship, ask him to show you why that person is acting and speaking like they do, and and ask him to show you um, the gold in them, and to show you, uh, maybe, maybe ask them their story. Like, what has happened to them that's made them hurt so much that they are um, hurting other people? Uh, so in the Word of God, we find our identity, we find our purpose, we find hope, we find strength, un, uh, supernatural strength, and so much more. So how many of you have ever struggled with getting into the Word of God on a regular basis, like I did? Like most of us, right? 
And I mean, it's life. I used to get up in the morning and there was no way I could get up and have time before my, as soon as I was out of bed, the girls were awake. So at that point in my life, it was after they were in bed and I'd, I'd get into bed and read and that would be my time. And there are times when it's in my car and there are times when there's no private place but the bathroom. But that's okay. It's okay. And you can get into the word audibly. You can pop in audible scripture through. How many of you have the YouVersion app on your phones? Okay, great. If you don't, I highly recommend the YouVersion app because in that, there's a lot there. You can just open up a place in the Bible and click that little microphone and it'll read to you while you're driving your car or doing your housework. What I'd like to do is give you a couple of tools just to get you started and to help you. Feel free to use anything you want or discard anything you want. Nobody taught me how to read the Bible. Maybe because I didn't ask. But my parents were new, new to all of this too at the same time. They didn't know any more than I did. And... Um, I didn't know what I was doing. It was kind of trial and error. So my first advice is keep it simple. Keep it really simple and keep it short if you need to and keep it flexible. Like I said, in your car, wherever, however, whatever works for you. Don't let anybody tell you it has to be a certain way. And then um, I'd say be prepared. Gather what you need. For me, I want to pick up a Bible that is in a translation I understand. Currently, I'm reading the one-year Bible, and I've never read it through um, this way before. So I read a passage in the Old Testament and a passage in the New Testament every day, and then a little bit of Psalms and Proverbs, just a little taste of a variety, and I love it. I have a chronological Bible that, did you know the Bible doesn't go in chronological order? It jumps around? Okay. Uh, so there is a chronological Bible, and there's a bunch of translations. Pick the one that you like, or you can pick one that has parallel versions side by side. So go for it. Pick one you like. And then pick a place. Choose a place that works for you. Whatever works. Again, if it's in your car, taking a walk, whatever works for you. For me, at this point in my life, I have the luxury of having a spot in the sunroom with my books around me and my highlighters and my pens and my glasses and my phone, and that's important. And we didn't have that a long time ago, but your phone is a virtual seminary library at your fingertips. You can ask Google anything and find answers. Just be careful of the source, make sure it's credible. But there are websites that are amazing with with tools that can help you. So gather your tools. And I recommend keeping everything in a tote bag because we travel and then it's grab and go. Here's one more verse that I, I wanted to share earlier. This is just interesting because it's from the New Testament, but it's the same idea. And this is Paul saying about those who he administered to. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself in him lie all the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So there's another big benefit. So the simple method that I would like to recommend for you, you may have heard of it. And again, this is just one. There are many. I found most books or methods for studying the word of God were very complicated and difficult personally, maybe because I'm a simple person, but there are lots of good Bible studies and devotion books and things out there. There's even a book called Bible for Dummies. Go for it. <laughs> but the method I want to recommend is this. It's so, I like it because it's easy. 
And, and it, you can do this in five minutes. The first thing is to just choose your Bible and pick a place to read. Choose how you want to read it. You can just read a certain portion and think about it. You can read from different Bibles. There's also a story Bible. You can listen. Again, scripture, whatever works for you. There are ways you can read with no definite ending. Just read until something just pops out at you and you just want to sit with that for a while. You can read as much or as little as you want. And the next is observation. Ask questions. Who is this? Who is writing this? And who are they talking about? And what's happening? What's, what's going on? What happened just before it and what happened right after it can also have an impact on what you're reading. Where did it happen? Sometimes that's important. And why did it happen? And when did it happen? And what does it have to do with me? And that takes me to application. So we're in A, what is God showing me personally? And what have I learned about Jesus reading this? What have I learned about his character? or what he wants me to do, or direction for my life. Or maybe during this time, somebody comes to mind, and, uh, and you know you need to contact them, call or text or get in touch, but he's put somebody on your heart. That's often how he speaks to me. Um, and, and that leads into, and, and yeah, what action do I take? And that leads into the final, which is prayer. And... I want to encourage you to be um, to do active listening when you pray, just to sit in God's presence and listen for anything he might speak into your spirit, and then respond to that. You can also pray back to him the scripture that you prayed, especially if it's in the Psalms, or if there's something that, that really spoke to you, you can pray that over yourself or over someone else. And then ask him again, ask him what action that he wants you to take from this. So that's just a simple method. Um, and now finally, I'd like, to, um, I'd like to just give you a little sample of the kind of things that you can find, the kind of treasures that you can dig for. And I'm going to use a passage that I think is fairly familiar. And this is from the book of Matthew. So just then, a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe, for she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed. Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. Now, digging a little deeper, the first thing that we can do is look to see if there's a parallel passage. And in this one, there is. Both Mark and Luke record this same event. And in one of them, we learn that this woman had been to many doctors. She'd spent everything she had to find a cure for what was going on with her and to figure out what was happening. And nobody had been able to cure her. In fact, it says she was worse. So we find that out. The next step is there are plenty of commentaries and books about customs and cultures. You can find all of that. Uh, you can find commentaries on the um, Bible Gateway app, BibleGateway.com. 
Um, there's scripture, but there are also commentaries. The one that I use the most is called blueletterbible.org. All one word, all lowercase, blueletterbible.org. You type in the passage. It pulls up that chapter, and you find the verse you want. And you can click on the word. And here, I clicked on the word fringe. And I want to talk about that. But first, I want to tell you what I read in commentaries. Uh, because they help us understand the culture of the day. Or maybe you're one of those people that actually read through all those laws in Leviticus and you knew some of this. <laughs> but for a woman, a Jewish woman in Israel to be bleeding, there's a law in Leviticus that says that people can't touch her. She's unclean and she can't go in the temple. She can't worship God. That she cannot be intimate with her husband. She is considered unclean. And I know that in some cases in Israel, the women would go to the red tent for their, for their time before they could become, uh, ceremonially cleansed and reenter society. This woman had been like a leper for 12 years. She had not had a man touch her. If she was married, her husband could have no intimacy with her. She could never go to the temple and worship. If she was single, no man would want her. So we get a little more understanding of her suffering. This woman had really suffered. Plus, knowing no man could touch her. Think about this. It took a lot for her to work through that crowd and move forward and actually touch Jesus. It was forbidden. And she did something. She was so desperate that she believed that she could maybe sneak in there and nobody would notice and she could just touch and she would be healed. But then we go a little further and we find out that that word fringe refers to the, the Jewish man would wear a prayer shawl. And it doesn't mean that she touched the hem of his, his robe, but Jewish men wore a prayer shawl and they're beautiful. They're embroidered and they have tassels on the ends. And on the corners, on the corners of this prayer shawl are Bible verses. And one of the verses on the corner, and she may have known this verse from Malachi 4.2. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And you will go free, leaping with joy like calves led out to pasture. Healing in his wings is one of the verses on the corners. And she may have taken that literally. You see, the Jewish men would go down the knots and recite scripture, much like the rosary and going through the beads. They would recite the verses. She believed there was healing in him. And there is. And I wonder what you need healing from. Has somebody hurt you? Do you have emotional issues? Have you, have you been wounded in the past? Have, do you have broken relationships? Have people broken off a relationship with you? Uh, do you have a need for physical healing? There is healing in his wings because this represents Jesus spreading his garment over you. And like a, a hen gathers her chicks, there's protection and there's healing. Just in closing, my hope today is just that I have somehow created a tiny bit of thirst in you to dig more 
and, and to uh, spend, to explore this amazing living book um, and to experience how much it can transform everything in our lives, how we think, how we feel, how we act, how we talk, and how we live how it gives direction, how it gives us strength to get through unbelievable things. Thank you for listening to the Women in the Workplace podcast. Be sure to check out our monthly in-person events. On top of getting to hear from speakers like you just did today, we also have lunch provided and you will get to experience engaging table discussions with other women in the Warsaw community. We'd love to have you join us for lunch the second Monday of the month at The Hub at Winona Lake Grace Brethren Church. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook to keep up to date and find out about future speakers and events. You can also register at c41.org. That's the letter C, number 4-O-N-E dot org. We can't wait to see you at the next event.